Welcome to Indie Music Podcast, episode 325. Dynamics are awesome. Indie Music Podcast now has a Patreon at patreon.com slash indie underscore musiccast, and we invite you to become a member for exclusive benefits. For next to nothing per month, you can get members-only podcast video, early access to upcoming episodes, merch, and more. This morning, Matt and I get together for coffee and talk about a recent material that we've been working with that's been so fun due to the material's dynamic nature. Enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome to the Indie Music Podcast, the podcast for independent musicians and other audio professionals. We're your hosts. I'm Matt Denton, also known as Mojo of Ragged Birds Music. I'm a Bay Area mix engineer and recording artist. And Douglas Reynolds of Resonance Mastering, a mastering engineer in Bloomington, Illinois. Hey, check you out. Hey, good morning. Good morning. You got your band shirt on. (laughs) Nice. What's this? Black cholera? Black cobra. Cobra. Yeah. I thought it was some kind of like disease. <laughs> no. But it would be a fitting name for, you know, like, you know, some type of uh, metal band. Yeah. Well, it is a metal band, but they're more uh, doom than black. I think they should have gone with black cholera. <laughs> there probably is a black cholera. <laughs> How are you, man? Oh, good. Good. I just kind of have any. Uh, Relaxing morning, really. Nothing really to speak of. Uh, oh, coffee. Well, that's nice. That's it. Yeah. Coffee and and uh, um, and the puppies. I've been very busy with oh, the right. puppies. So. You have a new addition to your puppy family. Yeah, we have two new puppies. Two new puppies. Yeah, we have three oh, dogs right. now total. They came as a they came as a set. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we did. It. We were like, ah, we can't break up sisters, so. And they, they don't, uh, they're, they're absolute opposites in every way. They don't look alike. They're completely different. Um, and, uh, their mannerisms and everything. So yeah, they're, they're definitely each little unique individuals running around. So that's cool. Keeping you busy. Yeah. <laughs> Keeping you up late. <laughs> no, no, they, they, they like to sleep and, um, no, yesterday was just a, a hard physical day. Oh, right. Cause <laughs> You're preparing the bed for a new hot tub that you're getting. That's true. Yep. Uh, and I have a little bit more to do. I had uh, I had my contact out uh, yesterday for a quick consult before it comes today, and uh, he gave me a little bit of uh, uh, feedback and and uh, to do items that I got to do today before it comes. So, oh, and I'm okay. I'm actually uh, myself and uh, son and one of his friends um, and the owner of the company who's a friend of mine. Uh, are going to go i'll go pick it up together here this evening about uh five o'clock and oh, okay uh, and that's then, exciting yeah i mean i guess this thing weighs like 800 pounds so it's holy like, moly <laughs> so, <laughs> watch your back man yeah but we've got uh i mean that's what he does uh he owns a a uh, uh like spa and billiards uh really like the coolest store um hmm. And, you know, you, you walk in and there's like, you know, billiards tables and shuffleboards tables. And he's got all the outdoor patio uh, furniture and, and the whole spa section. Um, and then he also does like um, uh, interior furnishings and stuff like that, too. Um, oh, it's it's cool. just like the you could go in the store and spend hours and just. Oh, I'm sure. And it doesn't hurt that he has a uh, kind of a a customer bar area. So, oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. But, but yeah, anyway, I'm um, looking forward to uh, 
um, getting this done because you know there's nothing there's nothing light or easy about landscape work. You know, I mean, everything no. is either heavy um, or <coughs> or hard or difficult or you know takes a huge oh, yeah. amount of, and it's always happening. Like and it's when it's like the worst conditions it's hot it's you know right. raining you know i worked in the rain for like two hours yesterday you know oh really this stuff had to get yeah we had thunderstorms coming in yeah and, it's always like some kind of time crunch too yeah yeah so i'm going to be doing that this uh, after this podcast i'm going to be doing some uh getting out busting out the pickaxe and prepping uh, um an area that i'm going to build a ground level deck on oh okay now, do you, it's not flat. So do you guys have it. like that, what they call caliche in your area is the ground, just like really hard packed clay or. It's exactly what it is. Yeah. 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 Have fun with that. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm going to soak it first. I should probably be doing that right now. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And there's tree roots, which are the real problem. But yeah. Anyway, first world problems, right? <laughs> what else has been going on? Uh, I've been, been mastering this week been good yeah. um nice. i didn't really get a topic out of uh the work i was doing this week um the uh a couple things that kind of came to me in kind of the way it were related to compression and how little it needs to be i posted a video i don't know if you saw it of uh of my compression um of the uh, uh gain reduction uh, okay. and, and the actual amount of gain reduction in a, on the master track, yeah, you know, it's about 0.75 dB. Um, uh, it's not much, you know, uh, 0. 0.5 to 0.75. And because with the master track, it has to be so subtle. And, and so there's this like balance act of getting what you want out of the compression, mm -hmm. but not getting any pumping in any of the, um, material, mm -hmm. uh, you know, cause that's really kind of a, a mixed face thing and, and it's more uh, things for specific groups or right. tracks or something like that, but, but not in the master bus, uh, unless it, I, you know, I suppose like, you know, some EDM or something like that could benefit from it if that was like the case, but this is yeah, not, I was going to say, um, and, uh, so, so the trying to find that balance between, uh, getting that sweet spot of the compression and the glue that you're looking for, for mm -hmm. the entire stereo mix but not overdoing it at all, you know, right. and, uh, it, it just is such a light touch. And so, yeah, I posted a little video about that, you know, that's really just, it's like a general massage of compression. <laughs> um, where'd you post it? I'll look on for it. The, it's on Twitter. And, okay. uh, I think I posted to my, uh, I might've posted to my Facebook page. Uh, think yeah, I've been kind remember. of avoiding, but I mean, it's, it's not much. It's just like a 15 second video just showing my meter. It's a, you know, it's just like, Cause I was like, you know, this is really all it is. Yeah. And I, and I think, um, it, there's a tendency and even for myself to want to overdo it because it sounds good. Um, right. But in the, in the final mix, you know, it, uh, um, it doesn't sound as good as if it is subtle with, with most genre that I run across. And, you know, this is, um, I don't really actually know, you know, it, it's rock that I'm working with, but not hard rock or heavy metal yeah. or it, it's just, it's, it's rock. And I really like working with these. Um, I really do like working with, with rock and, uh, you know, jazz and blues and R and B and stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. there, there's something about working with the dynamics in those versus in heavy metal, the dynamics 
are always so pegged and, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and there's no, there's really no subtleties involved in that. And to be honest, you know, it's, it's not near as interesting as working with, with, uh, genres of music that, uh, uh need to breathe. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me anyway, um, because it, there's so much, you know, I get to play with headroom. I get to mm-hmm. uh, to work with individual areas of the of the track that uh, are overly dynamic. You know, there's things to do other than pegging sure. it. You know, and um, it's not that I don't like working with heavy metal and stuff like that. It's just that it um, it's not as varied. It's you know, it's just like kind of applying the same kind of thing um, where uh, you know, in working with the 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 more subtle singer songwriter. Uh, you know, like I said. Uh, even folk, uh, um, different types of instrumentals and things like that. Uh, I will say that, uh, like heavy metal instrumental, um, is different. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that, uh, yeah, it does get pegged, but there's a lot more room for me to work in that, uh, in that material. So I do like that. Um, so, um, I have a, a couple of artists that I work with, uh, that do that. And it's, you know, like a heavy guitar instrumental and, uh, and those have neat, uh, dynamics, you know, cause they're, they're moving and there's things happening. Right. I guess the thing is, is when, it, when it's a track that it's just like balls to the wall, hundred percent the entire way through, there's not a whole lot going on other than making sure we're not clipping and, um, uh, you know, and we're limiting the crap out of it to get it as loud as possible. And, and, um, and that's really the requirements, you know? Um, yeah, I don't really work with a lot of that kind of stuff. That's just kind of like, I don't know, death metal kind of thing where it's like balls to the wall all the way through. But it's an interesting concept to think that when you have something that's that that's meant to be that loud and in your face as a genre, as a style, then what's left to do is to work with the arrangement. And of course, this comes before you get it. But, you know, that's why you have things like, you know, how Linkin Park, which, you know, is not really heavy metal or or even, you know, yeah, um, they'll have like. The verses will all be quiet and it'll be the singer and like some minor, some basic instrumentation. And then when it hits the chorus, everything goes up to a hundred. Right. So you're talking about when you have things that are going to be, you know, pegged, then you work with arrangement and have dropouts and have, you know, places where it's just the bass and drums, you know, like the, the, what they call the breakdown verse where it's just the singer, the bass and the drums. And then that makes everything else seem louder and more in your face by comparison. So it's more it to, instead of working with sonic dynamics, you're working with arrangement dynamics and that's a different way of, of approaching it. You know, if, if we could say that tool is a genre, um, yeah, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> that to me is like w- would be the the most fantastic. And I actually have worked with a couple of artists um, in the in the past, and uh, sadly one of them passed away. And so, uh, but he was so fantastic and fun to work with. Uh, and he was in that type of genre. And mm. uh, and the and the cool thing is is that it's there's it's so vocal. There's so much. Uh, there is so much dynamics there. There's so many different sections and builds and, and, uh, um, you know, and I think that's what, uh, for me, uh, the, the songs that I like to listen to the most and the songs mm-hmm. that I like to work with the most are songs that involve a lot of dynamic changes throughout, mm-hmm. you know, the track. 
you know, and so that's that's volume. That's uh, you know, it's levels. It's it's intensity. It's you know, there's all these you know, it's it's attack. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's so many different little things that can go on that affect the dynamics and the build and the way that. Um, I was just working on a track this week, and it, it, which is a, a real, it's a lovely, beautiful vocal track with piano and uh, and drums um, and bass, and um, the the vocal. The the thing that stood out to me the most was the way that the drummer, uh, it, it was arrangement. Okay. Okay. Um, and I think the arrangement in in most of this stuff is is really maybe one of the most important. Um, aspects of bringing together uh, a great track and uh, the uh, the way that the symbols and the vocals came together on this was mm. just amazing and, you know because like the vocals would have like a uh, uh, a dynamic build and and in behind that uh, there was like a ride symbol buildup you know that was like right with the vocals all the way and and right on the money hitting mm. you know um, in, in time and and the way that that felt and the fun in working with it, you know, because I had that dynamic range to work with, you know, really made it a lot, uh, just an enjoyable experience to master that song, you know? So there's stuff like that, that happens and it could just little, be little things, you know, in that case, it was just how the, the cymbals and the, and the vocals were playing together. Um, you know? Yeah. Let me ask you this. So when I master track and I feel like there's some places that um, could be improved because when you're working with a mix, you're working with all of the parts, right? And you're working with the sum of all of the parts, but you're in the process of combining them. And sometimes when you're doing that, you don't necessarily get that the final big picture of the whole two track and the rise and the fall and everything. Do you ever, because when I'm mastering a track, like I say, I will sometimes, if I feel like the chorus needs a bump, maybe I'll adjust the volume of the chorus like half a dB so it's even bigger than it was, or maybe even lower. I use automation for this a lot, and I'll just like lower the part that precedes the chorus by just a little bit so that the chorus seems louder. Those kind of like minor arrangements, but those are also a little bit production, Yeah, I guess is the word, um, because you're you're – you're changing a little bit the dynamics of the the journey of the whole song as opposed to simply um, figuring out what compressor settings work without changing things too much. Do you know what I mean? Is that something that you do too? Well, um, with the mix engineers that I work with, uh, the I haven't really had a need to automate um, any dy- levels uh, mm-hmm. through, through that. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes, but... Um, uh, uh, generally speaking, that's, that's really taken care of for me. And, and I just mm-hmm. happen to, I, I, I have the pleasure of working with some, some really good, really, really good mix engineers, um, uh, who also have a, a very strong, uh, skill set in arrangement. And so that, that stuff is already kind of there, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and I, most, more often than not, don't have a need to in the, in the master to automate levels. You'd be, you know, to, uh, to work with the, the certain sections of the song. Cause it's already dealt with, I think maybe, uh, more in the individual artist area where I'm working with someone who's mixing from home and things like mm-hmm. that, then, uh, there's probably more of a, a chance to work with them on it. But, um, the way that I usually do that is allow them to do it. Um, it's kind of their thing, you know, and, and to go ahead and automate those things. Sometimes it's because the, um, it's an individual instrument or a couple, but not the entire track that needs to 
Oh, I see. Come up, you know, and it's not everything. Now, conversely, from the mastering perspective, the it, while I don't have it, uh, control over individual tracks and things like that, I have mm-hmm. I have control over individual areas of bandwidth and where right. those those tracks are living, you know, and sharing space and things like that with others, you know, you know, guitar and vocals are all hanging out together and um, the bottom of the, of the uh, bass guitar and, and maybe the toms and maybe kick a little bit, um, mm-hmm. you know, kind of share space, things like that. And then there's the harmonics, um, you know, that coming up from there that, uh, you know, you, so you've got like the, uh, the, the mid and the guitars and vocals, but you've also got this uh, maybe, uh, 5k to 8k range which is harmonics that are related to what's going on you know but you're also starting to hit into the uh, uh the uppers there and, and some of the symbols and things and so the way that you work with those anyway uh the point being that um if i if i do want to have the vocals uh come up and it works out good with with other instruments in that range you know i do have control over over manipulating those um, and how they now, if the song is 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 already arranged and those levels are are coming up uh, as the mix engineer wanted, I can and I feel that they need some more. I can usually achieve that through EQ because because yeah. their levels are already doing what we want. It's just that they're not in front of the mix as much as we might like, you know. And I can work I with it like that. But, but yeah, otherwise it would be in the scope of the entire mix coming up or down, which would be probably something I'd want to go back and talk to the producer or the, mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, or the mix engineer about and get their feelings on, uh, me applying some automation like that, because that's really kind of getting into, um, an artistic decision of, of, of the, right. of the music where I might want to double check that, uh, uh, before yeah, I, I agree that, that anything that kind of crosses over into artistic decisions as opposed to taste that kind of requires a check with the artist, the mixer or the producer or all. The above. <laughs> yeah. You know, and sometimes my taste doesn't, doesn't match up a hundred percent with, no, with sure. others, you know, and uh, the way that I like to hear things. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I really like symbols. I like them a lot. And, really? and I, yeah. And I, I like hi hats and, um, and I like to hear the, um, the clicks, you know, and stuff like that on, on that. And, and, and so, I've I've had it been told to me that uh, um, it's a crispy sound, not in okay. the not in the sense of rough, but it's got those highs are are, um, are pronounced, you okay. know. And sometimes others agree with me in what I'm liking, and then sometimes they're like, you know, I, can you bring that down, <laughs> you know, you know, and that and that's okay, because <laughs> um, that that's where we work together, and we go, you know, and and we we find that happy medium of of what everybody likes. Yeah. Which is the key, which is, uh, part of the process of, uh, you know, I, I, I always deliver a, uh, a demo master version, uh, uh, after my first run and then see where we're at with it and, uh, right. take feedback or, um, you know, w- with the people that I work with a lot, I usually don't have a revision cause we already know each other. Right. Um, right, right. Sometimes we do. Um, it is an iterative process. I mean, yeah. I mean, I never do a thing. It's it's a it's a funny thing, and I've I've tried to reconcile this with myself because this is true of mixing and mastering. Like you want to do your best work while also realizing that no matter what you do, they're gonna <laughs> probably come back with an ask. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and that's okay. And oftentimes the uh, the mastering process reveals things and sure. um and they'll listen to it and go, "Oh, you know, I I'm going to do another take on the guitar. Um I'm hearing some stuff yes. that, you know, or whatever the case may be." Uh, uh, cause things are revealed, which is interesting, you know, but that's, that's great because as we go through that process, um, we're making this product better as good as, you know, and that's, that's the goal. And the end is to, is to release the, the absolute best product that you, you are capable version. of, you know? And yeah, uh, that just happened to me the other day. I mastered something and uh, the artist was like, whoa, I, there's this thing in there that I didn't hear before now. And uh, let me fix that and give you another version. Yeah. So, yeah. So that literally just happened to me. Um, it's funny because I'm like, a, and here's the other thing is that to me, it sounded great, but it didn't line up with they, because they're the artist. And so they'll hear, they know in their head what they think it's supposed to sound like. And all I'm doing is, is taking what they've given me and making it sound like what I think what they gave me should sound like. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So there may be a little disconnect there between what they want it to sound like from their vision and what I want it to sound like from what they gave me. So when she heard something that I wouldn't have known because it, it, it was, it was already there to me, but to her, it, she didn't know about it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'm explaining that right. But. Well, there's a lot of times where there's, uh, there's things going on uh, and that you, um, if you if you isolate mid and sides um, and and cue those separately, you know, and mm -hmm. audition them, um, oftentimes uh, you will hear most all of your reverb and uh, and spatial stuff going on in the sides. Right. And if uh, you're working with the sides um, independently of the mids, you have the opportunity to to bring more out of that you know for the stereo image and uh mm -hmm. oftentimes that's more reverb for whatever <laughs> yeah. you know and so i i've had tracks come in where um i sent it back uh sent, uh sent back a demo when i was done where there was stuff going on in the final master that was inaudible in okay. which was it sounded badass, and I, you know, I sent it back. I said, "This is different. It's I don't think it's what you expect, but wow, you know, there's stuff going on in here that that wasn't being revealed in the track." And so the there's, and maybe people don't realize it, but in in the mastering there is an opportunity to find cool things and mm -hmm. and bring them up. You know, uh, it just depends. Yeah. It depends where they are and 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 how you can manipulate them, and it always what effect does it have on other stuff? But, um, you know, when you have things like that, that are isolated into, into, um, one, you know, in, in, into one side of the channel or the other, um, that, that you're, you know, the key is if you're able to isolate it to a certain extent mm -hmm. and then you can, can like emphasize it if you want to. Yeah. You know, and this was a, like a, a, a kind of a trap hip hop thing that had this, uh, uh, um, kind of cool groove going, and then it had some hard panning on, like some of the 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 synth snare stuff that it had in it, mm -hmm. which had a bunch of effect on it. And when I when I was able to isolate that and bring it up, it brought out this quality in the song that I was like, wow, this just really did it. I mean, for me, um, this was like what I was looking for. And so I sent it back, and they accepted it. You know, they're like, oh, the, we don't even know where that came from, you know, <laughs> but it was funny. in there. So because they they had never heard it in their mix. You know? Oh yeah, um, because it's it so weird. I had a dream about something exactly like that last night about 
adjusting somebody's mix and making something louder to the point where stuff that wasn't audible before was there. It was like a horn section. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's totally was there, but they didn't hear it. And then I brought it up. I just remembered that. That was such a weird dream. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But anyway, so that's, um, you know, uh, some of the fun, but I, I think, you know, there's, uh, um, as I was saying, you know, having dynamics to work with, I think, I don't know if all mastering engineers would agree with me or not, but for me, it's, that's the funnest thing to to have available to me is, is range of dynamics in the mm-hmm. song to, um, uh, to work with. And, and in some cases it can be problematic, it, it, you know, if, uh, you know, transients are just almost clipping or something like that, you know, mm-hmm. where, where they're, and there's so much different, um, than the, the, the core material, if you will. Yes. Yeah, I know what you mean. But, uh, uh, you know, that's just, it's not that big of a challenge. And, you know, there's, uh, um, that's one of those things, you know, if I give you a tip here, uh, uh, would be not to try and do it all in one place and to have multiple steps of, um, of, of dealing with a, a huge transient peak, mm-hmm. um, that's surrounded by real low level stuff, you know, yeah. and, uh, cause that's something that you'll definitely get pumping on your, uh, your low level stuff, you know, because it's triggering and it's, it's harder to side chain on the stereo track, something like that, you know, to, um, uh, to isolate that, at least with the gear that I have. Um, and, uh, so the, the potential for, uh, getting some undesirable effects in that kind of thing. So it, it right. You want to do a series of smaller moves. Yeah. Like what I've heard called like the limiter sandwich, where you'll do a limiter doing a little bit and then an EQ and then a limiter doing something else. And then that way each one's doing a little bit. So the overall effect is more smooth and gentle rather than like, hammering down those transients and possibly having yeah. some other unwanted effects. Sometimes I'll throw a limiter on before everything and mm-hmm. then do my normal stuff. But that, that first limiter is just really to, uh, to tame that down. That that's, that would be, um, um, in this scenario, I, w- I would probably choose to, to do that. Um, but not much. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really just kind of starting to tap the, the peaks and then, mm-hmm. um, and then, master as usual do whatever uh, the track needs and then um catch another layer of peaks in that uh in compression mm-hmm. and uh and do that real nice and subtly and then have the final stage of limiting where you're you're setting all your volume um you know there to 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 kind of do the final um uh softening you know of those peaks so three levels in that case uh you know for a really strong peak normally we'll get it and the, the the EQ, uh, it just depends if it if if that transient needs to be EQ'd. That's that's a matter of of um, more of a being against the original and seeing if you're destroying the <laughs> right. quality of the snare or whatever it is, you know. Because yeah, yeah. oftentimes I, I the the snare sounds really good coming in, and I and I and I find myself a being to ensure that I'm not changing the snare in any undesirable ways. Uh, yeah, it's, it's one yeah, of the it's main such an things. important part of the uh, the personality of a song. Yeah, the snare. And if it's got if it's the the culprit, which it normally is, um, then <laughs> uh, you have a real t- you can have a real chance of dulling the snare down. You know, and, mm-hmm. and losing that attack. You really need to preserve that. So doing it, um, you know, uh, in stages is is a, a really nice approach to uh, trying to uh, control that real high. 
you know, and, and you'll get those oftentimes it, it, that that's kind of coming from the mix engineer. So if, if you do get those, there's an opportunity there to go to, to uh, ask the mix engineer to, to tame that down first too, because that's true. Can, um, make it a simpler mastering process, but it just depends um, what you have. I always like to try stuff first and see what I can do with it anyway. And, uh, um, yeah. and if I think it could be better served, um, then I might talk to the mix engineer, but. Yeah, that's a good idea. It's smart. It's uh, it's nice to be able to go back to the mix engineer and have a good relationship with them. Yeah, and say, hey, this um, when I'm when I'm working with my compression and stuff, this snare jumps out a little too much. Can we uh, yeah, adjust that and and see if it it makes a difference? Yeah, and I think that that's really important. Um, and I like to uh, always have like a a team mentality and relationship sure. with, with uh, uh, the, the artists and producers that I'm working with. And I, I like that because it, uh, um, I have really good relationships with everybody that I work with and, um, and it makes it fun, you know, uh, we're, we're oh, totally. working on it together. So, well, yeah, it's not, it's not you against me. It's, it's no, you and me no. again. It's you and me on the same team to, to reach this common goal. It's not you, it's not your goal and my goal. It's our goal. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So about compression, I was going to ask you earlier, uh, you were talking about compression and, and doing light compression and making sure it didn't change the quality of the song. Are we talking about your DBX? Or no. Are we talking about no, no, I'm, no. I'm talking about my uh, the outboard um, uh, compressor. In this case, the warm bus compressor. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it could be any, uh, any compressor really, though. doesn't matter. Sure, um, sure. I was just curious in your case because I know you have the DBX. No, that DBX. I only use it for for vocals. It's it's a vocal channel uh, strip. Okay. So that that's only for like, uh, um, I've used it for for uh, VO recordings that I've done in in the studio, and mm -hmm. uh, and and I uh, obviously I've used it for our podcast. I'm not using it currently, but uh, um, mm -hmm. I do intend to come back now that I resolved that problem we talked about last week with my mm -hmm. um, uh, with the bit rate. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to try it again and see if that resolves that problem because it was the same problem. It was, you know, how that, that sound, the, the, the noise right. floor come up and it got, you know, and the gain changed that yeah, it was the gain change. So just and that, out. that was exactly the same problem with the DBX, not even in the, I'm so happy yeah. it happened <laughs> because it, <laughs> so it made me realize it, I don't think it. it's the DBX. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, speaking of equipment, I'm using another different mic today. Oh, um, I swapped out. I um, this is my and this is the first time I've ever really using it. It's a CAD. It's a KBM four twelve, which is really it's a kick mic, and I bought right. it thinking that it would be cool for like podcasting and um, vocals because it's um, high SPL and uh, like a big roll off, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. so that it can get that kick. And uh, I just thought it'd be interesting to have this for the quality of it. Now, when I bought it, of course, um, it expected a high SPL and I didn't have, and the, and having, I had to turn up the gain too much, but now that I have the inline amp, uh, I thought it'd be cool to try it again. So it's I think got it sounds all right. Really good bottom end. So, which yeah, you'd I think that's where that it shines. Mic. So yeah, it's not boomy at all either. It's real smooth. Yeah, I'm kind of pleased with it. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm kind of uh, surprised at, at how good it sounds because I kind of was like eh on it before, but now that I have the inline amplifier to boost the gain cleanly, I'm like, huh, that's not bad. Yeah, well, it sounds good. <laughs> uh, 
So I don't know what to make of the title of this one. I'll figure it out. But uh, well, it's about compre- well, mm, something about compression and and changing uh, mastering and dynamics. <laughs> working with um, dynamics. Working like with that. dynamics and being true to the original source material. I don't know. There's not like enough that. room for that. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's got to be. It's got to be short. Um, so yeah, so that was an interesting point about the compression being light and how much compression do you add to make it sound good while not imparting too much mm, flavor or uh, changing the source material too much. Yeah. Now, what I will say is this is where color comes in. So, um, uh, you know, in in my case, um, I engage transformer on my uh, on my compressor, mm-hmm. um, and uh, but it's so light, so the compression is is just very very light, but the transformer adds a little bit of color, yeah. and uh, uh, just so, you know, because what we're all looking for is that we, we all like saturation, we just don't know it, you know, right? And um, uh, you know, and so adding some saturation, uh, um, you know, in with a real subtle, uh, you know, compression, um, did it for me in this track. You know, and and got where I wanted to go. Um, so it just uh, uh, you know depends. Use the tools that you have uh, available. You know, and sometimes that's color, and it's just a, a matter of using it tastefully. I think you know, and not, I do not like to... the sound of transformer color. Yeah, transformer saturation. People people do like it. People, <laughs> but they don't know they like. It. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they don't know that that's what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, I have uh, uh, options to add tape saturation. Um, mm-hmm. and, I like that too. Yeah, and uh, um, and real, you know, uh, real analog tape saturation, which I found to be um, of higher quality than than the plugins. I, ha- I, I this it's a lot of plugins, and I don't know. It may you know, it maybe it's just a a personal tasting. It probably is, but uh, um, I really like what's going on. Um, you know, by running the audio through a tape recording and then uh then capturing back in the playback head uh immediately in the same loop and bringing it back into the digital session and uh wow it really you wouldn't know that you're in a digital session anymore you know Uh, Mm. that's right i still got to send you something so i can hear what that sounds like i'll do that this week yeah i think um i've been getting kind of a feel for it some genres yeah you know i've had uh um i've worked with uh hip-hop artists they do not want analog you know, they A, B it, and uh, and the decision has always been um, uh, completely in the box for hip hop oh, really? that I've worked on. It's been interesting. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's there's a, the sound. It's it's uh, it's. Um, they like that clean, crisp, uh, modern clean, crisp, sound. modern. Yeah, and I think that's yeah, what it is. Uh, I can see that. You know, for lack of any better uh, description, I think that uh, that's exactly. I like what it that is. for some things, but boy, I, I got to tell you, my. You know how they say that your your musical taste basically is arrested at age fourteen. Yeah, <laughs> that's a rule. Those guys, yeah, can't argue that. But I feel like my uh, my sonic taste is arrested in the nineties. Uh, which gosh, is mine, like I, I, right when dynamic range was big, they didn't crush everything on CD yet, and it was kind of warm analog and wide. That's yeah. kind of my jam. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I can look back and 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 see, and and there was never a point where I was locked in, um, mm. and and you know my musical journey, um, uh, you know I won't do it, but uh, <laughs> you know, um, complete, you know I can see the divisions and I know the in time the 60s, frames and and, <laughs> and 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 how that you know, and I look at where I'm at right now, and and it's you know you know um, no wonder I I can't 
like settle on any one thing because I've got so many things that I like that I for sure you know and and maybe that's a good thing or maybe that's a bad thing in terms of of playing it's it, it's yeah. made things because I don't know what the hell I want to do and I've had teachers go you really need to decide what you want to do you know and that's uh, funny. <laughs> yeah you should see my CD collection it it literally covers everything. Like all the walls. Definitely have mean? my favorites. Like definitely have my favorites. All, covers all the walls and the ceiling. Well, yeah. Covers everything. <laughs> yes, many hundreds, many hundreds of CDs. But yeah, everything classical, bagpipes, Brazilian music, uh, a lot of heavy metal. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of a lot of pop country. Garth Brooks is in there. Um Lady Gaga's in there. Uh Christina Aguilera. I mean, I got I I mean it, it really ranges, but also a lot of, you know. Def Leppard and Metallica and Alice in yeah. Chains and Dio. And I mean, <laughs> I mean, bands you've never heard of. It's broad. Yeah. It's broad. The taste is broad. But sonically, I do love the kind of good headroom, solid, beefy, analog, wide sound. Yeah. That's my jam. Yeah. That doesn't incorporate stereo wideners. No, that just makes me go like this now <laughs> I kind of go and that includes some of my old old stuff when i was experimenting with stereo widening i've been so impressed with the um the mixes i've been receiving lately uh how good the stereo image is before i even touch it i mean nice. it's uh, people are um uh, the the material that i'm working with has just been so so good um you know, it uh, um, it's such a pleasure to to work within that way because then I'm like, well, now, you know, now I need to work on preserving the stereo image. Right. Now that's now that's new. You know, usually new it's challenge. like enhancing it. Yeah. So, um, so that's that that's been really cool. And in some cases, you know, it uh, um, uh, still enhancing it in some ways. You know, where different areas of the uh, of the material are brought into the stereo image but um and it's it's uh i know we were going to talk about it a little bit but um it's given me a, a lot of new insight into um the visualizations and oh, okay. and what what certain visualizations are uh are really telling me when i look at them and uh cuz sometimes it's a little ambiguous as to is that good or bad what i'm seeing you know yeah. and um um now getting an idea of 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 understanding what is really good um yep. in, in a visualization and comparing that uh is uh, uh it's important because it, it gives you a new way of uh of double checking yourself you know but yeah you gotta wrap it up <laughs> thanks everybody for tuning in we appreciate yeah. you i want to get our money's worth you know <laughs> have a great week everybody <laughs> Peace. like comment subscribe Cheers. tell your friends All we right. appreciate you See you later. Wrong button. <laughs> well, that wraps up another episode of the Indie Music Podcast. Please like and subscribe, share with your friends, or just leave us a review on iTunes if you like what you've heard. Find our social links and episode guide at IndieMusicCast.com. Until next time, keep creating. <laughs>